Australia has all these different zones where we could be investing in. And I think the best way to understand property investment in Australia is we have global cities, new world cities. Our new world cities are Perth and, and Brisbane. For the most part though, most people need to invest inside the Brisbane line. Welcome to the Urban Property Investor. I'm your host, Sam Saggers, here to help you crack the code of real estate wealth. Today's show is an economic affair. Yes, we're going to talk economics, property. We're going to talk about the Australian real estate marketplace, as well as the good bits and bad bits of the economy today. Where are areas flourishing? How are the states going around Australia? And why is it we, as property investors, have a fetish for Sydney property market, Melbourne property market, and quite often Brisbane's property market, and seldom talk about Adelaide or Perth or even the booming Tasmanian property marketplace. Well, we're going to dig into these mysteries of the world today as we try and crack the code of real estate. Today's show all about economic growth and as to why many of us are fixated with property markets on the eastern seaboard. Now, I'll tell you what, I did touch on some of this stuff in another podcast I run called Ask Sam, which is my daily show. If you miss me, uh, you can indeed check in daily through Ask Sam on some of the opinions I have within the real estate marketplace. If it's your first time joining us, uh, welcome aboard the Urban Property Investor. This is where we tackle the real stuff when it comes to real estate. So you're in the right place. We're going to crack some codes. And I tell you what, make sure you play me in double speed. Get your life back. Perhaps tune into some alternative podcasts. Check out The Wealth Faculty by my long-term business partner, Jason Witten. He does a great job at interviewing some of the world's masterminds when it comes to wealth and wisdom. And uh, I certainly think it's one of my favorite podcasts, that is for sure. So when we look at real estate, quite often many of us coach the idea of starting in larger economies to build a growth proposition or growth portfolio. And quite often that means, particularly from the property investment establishment and the media, we often centre a lot of our conversations around Brisbane or Melbourne or even Sydney when it comes to property investment. So are there other things happening outside of the big three? Well, absolutely. But I will, I guess, also reference that I think the big three are really the best value proposition for building long-term growth. And I say that because most of the population of Australia today is living in Brisbane or Southeast Queensland, Melbourne and Sydney. 75% of Victorians live in Melbourne, 63% of New South Wales population lives in Sydney and 48% of Queenslanders live in good old Brisbane. There is this 
uh, actually famous line in Australia. It's known as the Brisbane line. In World War II, uh, under threat from the Japanese possible invasion, the Australian government determined that most of the population of Australia actually lives inside this thing known as the Brisbane line. The Brisbane line basically flows from Brisbane uh, diagonally down to Adelaide and really the Australian government back then in the World War II and the threat of a, a possible invasion decided the only place worth defending was this uh, line, artificial line known as the Brisbane line. And I think it's a great lesson for property investors. It really does explain really where we should focus when it comes to owning assets. Anywhere inside the Brisbane line, for the most part, is really where the population density of Australia lives. And I think just, you know, starting building a portfolio, it makes sense to buy with inside the Brisbane line. Obviously, for Perth, it's not inside the Brisbane line. So should we be buying in Perth? Well, that's a big question and we'll try and tackle that today. Remember, the idea of population, infrastructure and employment. Pie. Population, infrastructure and employment. Where the population is, is going to receive the infrastructure and obviously the jobs. And so for us as property investors, probably the one big... Uh, component of being a great property investor is following this logic of pie. Now, as we know, many pockets of Australia have an aging population. Fundamentally, the areas themselves are running out of potentially pie, right? running out of population, infrastructure and jobs. And as the majority of the population ages, there isn't this younger workforce coming through to prop up the economy. And so quite often we focus on Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane because of also this idea of the youth quake unfolding. In other words, there is a younger, more robust population growing in those cities to replace the people becoming older and older who quite often actually even leave. When we look at inside the Brisbane line, places like Tasmania and even Adelaide, what we do see from a demographic point of view is despite the spike of activity at the moment, the long-term trend for those particular states and cities is quite often an ageing population. In Adelaide, Adelaide will be the first major city in Australia where the grey army outweighs the millennial youthquake uh, that is unfolding. And that is kind of interesting, right? Because if a population is growing old and it's not being replenished, you kind of get this zombie economy effect. And Japan is a good example of the zombie economy effect. Uh, many Japanese have grown old and not had very many kids and uh, those kids aren't even having children and all of a sudden uh, there is a lack of strength at the jobs end of the marketplace inside of Japan. Same thing is going to unfold in many Australian areas and many regional areas as well, just not creating this young Australian millennial marketplace which grows up in 
uh, and matures a city and pays their taxes and those taxes create infrastructure and of course more investment from industries and the jobs marketplace. So it is quite fascinating understanding some cities are actually growing old like Adelaide, uh, parts of Hobart are already um, basically run by the Grey Army and then you've got places like Brisbane which today is what I call the millennial city of Australia. Really a young, vibrant place. It is a new world city. Um, many, many people have left all pockets of Australia to move into southeast Queensland. Um, you've pretty got two, two hotspots. You've got the Brisbane market. You've got that sort of Byron to Burley marketplace in the Gold Coast and northern New South Wales, which is just phenomenal when it comes to this kind of like rise of the 30-year-old who, of course, um, is strengthening those areas from better infrastructure. Obviously, the attraction magnet of business because there's the right uh, age group of an employee in those marketplaces. And of course, uh, with that swelling population, you get this kind of pie effect, population, infrastructure and employment. Again, when we leave, uh, I guess, uh, the Brisbane line and we go perhaps to the north of the country, uh, to places like Cairns and Darwin, we just know we've got to probably buy real estate more at a niche level rather than a broader level. Uh, Western Australia, large pockets of Western Australia are fundamentally weird little mining villages connected to iron ore. And of course, Perth itself is going through a bit of a renaissance when it comes to property. And I think uh, really from an economic proposition, the Perth property market is probably, arguably, from the pure cycle dynamics, the best property market in Australia. It is at its lowest point of its property market cycle. It's of its best value proposition. And if it wasn't for COVID coming along and making many other marketplaces interesting, it would probably be the talk of the property market right now. Obviously, Western Australia is its own cup of tea for many people. I've made a lot of money out of the Western Australian property market over the years. The boom in 2004, 5, 6 and 7 was spectacular. Properties tripled in value. And a large reason around that was the mining boom, which was connected to Perth. Perth, of course, is reinventing itself as a great marketplace with more diverse economics. And for many property investors, uh, it is the right time to pick up a piece of Perth. For Perth people, by the way, they uh, absolutely love buying in Western Australia. And some of the statistics around what happens in Western Australia, you know, often shame the eastern states. And of course, for many uh, Perth locals, getting an asset inside the Perth property market at the moment is makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense. Perth went 63 months in a row losing value in real estate, 63 months in a row. It's probably one of the longest downturns we saw before a growth spurt uh, in the Australian property market of recent times. To put that in perspective, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne had kind of downturns for around 20, uh, 24 months. Perth, 63 months. So you can understand it is uh, low in its value proposition. In other words, 
it's come down a lot off its last market peak and nowhere near its last market peak. So interesting to understand, I guess, Australia has all these different zones where we could be investing in. And I think the best way to understand property investment in Australia is we have global cities, new world cities. Our new world cities are Perth and and Brisbane. For the most part, though, most people need to invest inside the Brisbane line. Sydney, Melbourne uh, and Brisbane, obviously the big brothers in those uh, or the alpha marketplaces, if you like, inside of that space. But as we know, there are some good things happening economically around Australia. And I think over the last couple of quarters, some marketplaces are certainly worth talking about. So I want to talk about some of the economic growth propositions of uh, what is unfolding in Australia and where really we can uh, see performance. And I think the Commonwealth Bank puts out a state of the states report, which is worth digging into when it comes to economic activity and uh Perhaps that economic activity is correlating on success in the property marketplace. The first, I think, marketplace which is worth noting for economic performance is the Canberra property marketplace. Now, I'm a big advocate of buying real estate in Canberra. I think, uh, you know, outside Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Canberra to me is the next best choice right now when it comes to real estate. I'm a big, big fan of it. Absolutely big, big, big fan. In fact, some of the cash flow that you can get from assets in Canberra are mind-boggling. I recently put together a 7% return in Canberra for some investors, sub sort of $300,000. So I think, you know, Canberra's got a very stable economic position when it comes to its outlook. It is a marketplace with the lowest unemployment in Australia. Now, think about it this way, what's going on in Canberra, right? You can grow your national economy four different ways. You can increase your population. We obviously have not seen the migrant marketplace increase the population due to COVID, but we have seen the expats return to Australia and there's been literally over 100,000 expats return with a bucket load of money. So these these expats were working in, you know, Deutsche Bank here in Europe and, and making big bucks. Uh, a lot of the expats that have drifted over to professional jobs in Europe and Asia have returned with a bucket load of money. And in some respects, we're seeing the discretionary end of the market, you know, skyrocket in value because a lot of expats are bringing home pounds or euros and and really converting them to um to the australian currency and and wow the 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 incredible buying power they have but canberra what do i think is good about canberra i think cash flow cash flow is big in canberra rents are really the highest in australia and a lot of that is driven by low unemployment ACT is really in top spot when it comes to economic growth at the moment. And again, when you think about how you grow your economy, you grow it four different ways. You can sell your resources, right? You can increase your population. 
you can increase your productivity uh, and uh, you or you can innovate. They're the only four ways to increase growth in a marketplace, economically speaking. And obviously, um, we've all had to innovate within COVID. That innovation is almost like creating productivity. People now um, have more time on their hands, the way they approach things, uh, Zooming, things like that. Innovation creates more productivity. The second way is to create more productivity through spending. And even though the government's done all the spending compared to us mere mortals, um, that spending is creating growth. And in Canberra, because of the spending, the credit card is out, the black Amex is, ScoMo's got the black Amex out, he's spending. Um, That is creating so many jobs inside of the the ACT at the moment. And uh, because that is a fiscal way to grow an economy, to spend, to increase production of people, we're seeing a result of that spending. And obviously that is um, now shining through when it comes to GDP. But all of that GDP is being driven through the federal government and the federal government is obviously in Canberra. And that is why uh, Canberra ranks really highly when it comes to retail spending. Um, people in Canberra, again, have the lowest unemployment. I think it's sitting at around 3.6%. The national average around 5.8% and even in the middle of COVID when we were pushing 8% unemployment, Canberra's unemployment rate remained incredibly steady, incredibly steady. And of course, um, the Reserve Bank of Australia openly suggests if you can get unemployment below 4%, the people in that city deserve a pay rise in all industries. Fundamentally, the ACT and, of course, its main city, Canberra, is probably the only place in Australia today where really workers inside that city could argue for a wage increase, an amazing uh, correlation. So, of course, where you get rising wages, where you get low unemployment, people feel safe in their job, the psychology is really, really good inside of Uh, inside of that dynamic, people come to work and they see people they've worked with for a long time still there. Uh, The boss is complaining they can't find anyone to work. Um, The stability and psychology around low unemployment really has an incredible shoot-off effect when when it comes to real estate values. And Really, one of the the most amazing uh, pieces of data is retail spending in Canberra is huge, right? They are uh, consuming the most, they're spending the most at shops, they've got the most money in their back pocket today. And of course, if you look at property values in Canberra over the last quarter, uh, you know, they've risen sharply. I think it's a market leader of capital growth at the moment around the country. And uh, there's no... Uh, th- there's no um, real, uh, you know, uh, disguising it. It is because of the low jobless rate and the spending of the federal government, which is giving public servants, which really do filter through Canberra, strong reason to celebrate, buy real estate, hunker down, spend money, 
and uh, and retail and go into the retail section of the market um, for the, for more activity, right? So the ACT are really the winners when it comes to coronavirus, and you're you're seeing that um, the, that the ACT really does have the the strongest uh, you know jobless rate in in Australia, right? And um, really. Uh, when it comes to probably the, the loser of that, um, if you were to look at the Northern Territory, um, the unemployment figures are not very great, okay? They're not all that good at the moment. So we're seeing some pretty good stability um, inside of Western Australia, Tasmania, Queensland when it comes to the unemployment figures. It's really, really encouraging. Again, Queensland... And uh, Brisbane and southeast Queensland, it's uh, jobless. Like, you do not migrate to southeast Queensland unless you can find a job. That's, that's pretty much uh, an amazing thing about southeast Queensland at the moment. Why Brisbane's booming is this strong migration into the city. But again, you do not get up and leave when... Um, there's no jobs, right? That would be pretty foolhardy. So when it comes to retail spending, when it comes to unemployment, the ACT has it. Uh, Western Australia is really, really good at the moment. Queensland's good and Tasmania, very, very good at the moment when it comes to unemployment. When it comes to productivity, right? Now we're going to try and break this down into how economies grow. I'm going to talk about infrastructure, pie infrastructure, construction, productivity. We're going we're gonna to produce more. Really, the market leader at the moment, without question, is Victoria. The Melbourne market, Victorian market, is uh, a booming economy based on construction. In fact, Melbourne today is home to Australia's largest infrastructure project, a $54 billion urban rail loop. Uh, which again is just a huge amount of spending creating more activity um, and obviously the circular effect of that spend is just just huge, right? So it, construction, particularly inside government construction, major infrastructure projects is really competitive inside of Victoria. Victoria is really the market leader in this space at the moment and again, when you look at the Melbourne market, um, given the 2020 was just so difficult for Melbourne, the statistics of the growth um, inside of Melbourne today is just incredible, right? We are seeing really uh, prices just skyrocketing in value. Really, the underlying activity inside the Victorian economy is construction work. If you're a construction worker right now, uh, you can arguably pick up a bucket load of work in in particular the Melbourne marketplace. And there are stories with the Melbourne, some of the Melbourne tunnels that are occurring that uh, tradies are, are taking home up to $5,000 a week. Now, um, again, when we think of the great mining booms inside of Australia, a lot of those mining booms were actually not uh, so much about the resources, they were about the infrastructure programs that were creating more productivity out of the resources, iron ore, coal, things like that. 
Today, Melbourne at an urban level is going through this construction worker boom, which again is is uh, mirroring rather uh, some of these kind of um, highly paid workforce booms when it comes to construction. And of course, a construction worker is a level three worker in Australia. There's five levels as workers are in Australia. And watching them get uh, increases in wages or, or contracts means generally your very middle class uh, Melbourneite is now capable of having more money in their back pocket to go and spend. And of course, a lot of that spending right now is seen in the real estate community with real estate growth going gangbusters. Coming in though at a respectable second is Tasmania. And Tasmania is a little bit of a dark horse at the moment. It is certainly a beneficiary of much of the interstate migration which is unfolding in Australia. And of course, um, when we look at some of the economies around Australia, when we consider them as part of uh, really a, a, a greater kind of dynamic, Melbourne, for example, is a global city. It's argued that both Adelaide and Hobart are interlinked to Melbourne. In other words, if someone can't afford Melbourne, and they want to be a rent investor, they're probably going to buy in Launceston. If uh, someone wants to downsize out of the Melbourne marketplace, they're probably, uh, if they're looking for a sea change or a tree change, going to um, sell their expensive home in Melbourne, maybe go buy something in rural uh, Tasmania. The two economies from a real estate dynamic are quite linked and... At some stages within that linkage, you're going to see the food chain change hands. Uh, more people coming into Melbourne, that's going to create a domino effect for Tasmania. Same sort of thing happens uh, with southeast Queensland and Sydney. Sydney becomes expensive, so people then drift out of southeast uh, to southeast Queensland. When Sydney's boomed, then you know you're following that southeast Queensland ripples. Kind of the two marketplaces talk and they're kind of interlinked, if you like. So it's interesting to see that both Victoria and Tasmania, from a construction level, are market leaders. When it comes to, to the actual movement of, of population, um, prior to coronavirus coming along, our population growth rate was like, 2%. At the moment, in most areas, it is, uh, you know, less than, um, less than sort of 1% for the most part. Tasmania um, is, is 99, well, 0.99%, which is really good, right? A lot of people um, are trading up. They're deciding, you know what, now's the time. We've got to buy uh, we're going to get out of these these marketplaces um, and we're going to move to to Happy Tasmania. And Happy Tasmania, we are seeing some real good growth rates and a lot of that is due to population growth, which is fantastic. And, uh, and I think, you know, as I alluded to at the start of this episode, a lot of the conversation is going to be centred in real estate around Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. And... A big reason why is pi, population, infrastructure, economics, 
but there are other marketplaces which, of course, um, you know, us property investors can look at if we can't afford these big cities. And there has to be some logic as to why, right? And, of course, the Hobart market is doing really, really well, if, if not arguably one of the best marketplaces at the moment, okay? Amazing. When it comes to housing finance, obviously um, all areas, all eight states and territories are doing really well. There is a lot of money being poured into the housing market at the moment or the property market. And when you think about, you know, the lack of travel at the moment, um, people being unable to go and spend 20, 30 grand on holidays, um, people now learning to live with the properties that they, they own, you're seeing a lot of housing finance come into renovation and also people trading up and buying a new home. And I've spoke about this a lot, that really we're in an era where people are looking for comfort, they're looking for community, and they're looking for connection, the three C's of real estate. And right now you're seeing just so many people, you know, um, opting to get into the real estate market, own a quality asset, and of course, um, this is driving up property values. Where we are seeing this significantly higher is in both uh, Brisbane and Melbourne or Queensland and Victoria, where people are looking to get into the market uh, at, a, at a faster rate than anywhere else. The home loan data is telling us that people are acquiring home loans in Melbourne and Brisbane at the highest level. Victoria is up 87%, right? So everyone's trying to buy a property in Victoria at the moment. Now, why this is interesting for us as a property investor is, well, finance is a leading indicator to sales volumes and sales volumes is a leading indicator to capital growth. So if we were to work off the basis, where is the capital growth going to occur? we can see that people are trying to borrow money in Victoria and Queensland. And as such, they will probably shop for real estate in Victoria and Queensland. So very interesting um, stat, right? You've got uh, some cool, cool dynamics when it comes to uh, home loans um, in those marketplaces. Interesting when it comes to housing approvals or dwelling starts, new properties being built, uh, the winner at the moment is actually Tasmania. Now, this is kind of something you potentially don't want to win from a property investment point of view. In fact, uh, coming last is not a bad result when it comes to dwelling starts because obviously, if you're buying in that marketplace or you own real estate in that marketplace, the less dwellings that uh, get uh, created in that marketplace means a higher deficiency of stock and, of course, a better supply uh, or demand level than there is supply. So Tasmania today takes top spot for dwelling starts, followed by Western Australia. Interesting, right? So we can see um, a lot of the, the activity uh, which, um, you know, we would associate with bigger cities like Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney is now not occurring in uh, when it comes to massive dwelling starts. And in some respects now, both in particularly Brisbane and Melbourne, 
we are now in this like complete undersupplied marketplace where I saw a recent article in the Australian Financial Review that Melbourne is in store for its lowest dwelling start in in like record times. And when you think about, obviously there is just millions and millions of people living in Melbourne, that really does uh, create an opportunity for the Melbourne property market to, to continue to soar in value. Uh, Western Australia, obviously Perth and Tasmania, we've seen some good levels of activity. Lots of starts um, when it comes to the production with Tasmania winning the battle of, uh, of new home constructions. When it comes to inflation, the cost of things going up, uh, we are seeing that Melbourne is inflating the fastest, okay? So things are starting to go up. Melbourne's inflation rate is at 1.3%. And again, um, that in itself is a sign of both growth uh, and, uh, and obviously a lot of that, I think, to be fair, is really the low base that Melbourne had come off with obviously people in lockdown for so long. Um, fastest wage growth is, is occurring inside of uh, Canberra and, and Queensland and at a national level, We've seen real estate grow at some 6% over the last quarter alone, right? That's amazing. So pretty uh, incredible when it comes to what is occurring inside the real estate marketplace. And of course, um, one healthy indicator of, uh, of the economy is new car sales. New car sales, yes. Can you believe it? Uh, the reason we look at new car sales is cars are seen as a bit of a discretionary item. People don't update their car if they don't feel safe in the economy. Uh, in other words, people are happy to drive the old beat-up car and get around uh, rather than go out shopping to buy a new car. And of course, business doesn't upgrade its uh, machinery and plan and equipment if it feels a lack of confidence. And again, one telltale sign of confidence is, is the activity around the auto uh, uh, sector and uh, both Brisbane and Canberra doing extremely well in that section. People are uh, migrating to Brisbane, getting themselves a new property and a new car and uh, really very much in the Canberra marketplace because of that low unemployment and high confidence that retail spending and that new car sales are booming, right? So really interesting set of figures as to what is occurring around Australia. Should we run off to Darwin and buy a weird village in an old mining town? Probably not. Should we leave the Brisbane line and float around uh, central to North Queensland? No, we shouldn't. Should we duck over to Perth and do some value shopping Yes, we should, but we need to be very cognizant of where we're buying in Perth. We want quality location, quality property, and the attraction of quality tenants. You can do very well in the Perth market. Adelaide, should we be rushing into Adelaide to buy real estate? It wasn't mentioned once in the state of the states. Uh, without question, again, at a niche level, the right street, right location, right property, 
absolutely we should. Adelaide's booming as well. Would I do it at a broad level? Probably not. Um, I would be very niche about what I'm buying to make money out of the Adelaide marketplace. The real winners, it would seem, would be absolutely Hobart, Melbourne, Canberra and Brisbane today. Probably the strongest four that you can uh, fairly well buy a property and do really, really well out of it if you, again, um, you know, challenge yourself to buy correctly in those marketplaces. So I don't know if we answered the question, uh, why is the noise so centred around Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane? Well, I'll tell you what, the population in those areas, of course, are the biggest. Can we branch out as part of the five cities strategy and what other areas would we go to? Today, definitely Hobart and Canberra speak the language of property, which is just fantastic to see. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed the episode of The Urban Property Investor. I will catch you next time, the next episode, and we'll crack some more codes together. Take care for now. Thanks for tuning in to The Urban Property Investor. To never miss an episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app or on YouTube. I would love it if you could give the show a rating and share it with your friends and family. In between episodes, you can always keep in touch with me by connecting on social media over Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Until we meet again on the next episode of The Urban Property Investor, take care and bye for now.